Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. Today is August 16th of 2023, and we're celebrating Wednesday of the 19th week in Ordinary Time. It's also the optional memorial of St. Stephen of Hungary. Today's gospel comes to us from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. All of us here know people, or maybe even members of our own family, who lead lives that are contrary to the gospel, contrary to what Christ wants. And so all of us can learn a great deal from what we've just heard. Today's gospel focuses on the need to admonish the sinner. It's the third spiritual work of mercy. That word admonish comes from the Latin ad monere, to warn. Now, we have an obligation, a responsibility, to admonish sinners, meaning to warn them about their actions, and to urge and encourage their conversion. And Christ himself tells us that this is what we need to do when someone sins against us. Now, the context for Christ's words today is very important. Right before this passage from Matthew's Gospel, Jesus gives the parable of the lost sheep. And that parable ends with the following line right before where today's Gospel begins. Christ says, In just the same way, it is not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost, right? So it's after these words, which are full of real love and mercy, that Jesus tells his followers they need to admonish sinners, right? Recall what St. Paul writes to Timothy. He says, God our Savior wills everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God wills everyone to be saved. God wants everybody to make it to heaven, But people won't make it there if we don't show them the way. Now, far from being an act of pride or judgment on a person, admonishing the sinner is an act of great love, right? St. Paul says, love does no evil to the neighbor. Hence, love is the fulfillment of the law, right? We can do evil to our neighbor if we don't warn him about the consequences of his actions. So, when we consider admonishing the sinner, we can start with three principles, three points of reference. Because these points can help us to better understand this spiritual work of mercy and then how to practice it in our lives. Now, these three principles are, first, there are things that are just objectively wrong. Second, sin will never make us happy. And third, to present these two truths to people is an act of mercy. So this first principle, that there are things that are objectively wrong, is really important. And it's a principle that people don't easily accept today, right? They don't want to believe that things are objectively wrong, that things are intrinsically evil, 
right? Now, when Jesus speaks in the gospel, this is what we should understand. There are big sins, there are serious sins that we must help our brothers and sisters to convert from, right? Now, this isn't just something we can know from faith, right? Even reason tells us that there are certain deeds, certain actions that can't be directed towards God or done out of love for him. And these same acts, incidentally, go against our dignity as humans who are made in God's image and likeness. Even the famous philosopher of ancient Greece, Aristotle, who lived a long time before Christ, recognized that there are certain deeds that make it impossible for man to be happy. There's just certain acts that drag down man to the level of the animals. Now, the Second Vatican Council gives a partial list of these deeds. It talks about genocide, abortion, euthanasia, torture, slavery, as well as contraception, adultery, and, and more. Now, we need to keep this in mind because even people who aren't Catholic, even people who don't believe in anything, can be brought to accept the fact that certain things are always bad, right? And if we're firm in our belief and understanding of this, we can really help a great number of people. Now, the second truth is that sin never makes us happy. It can't. The only thing that can make us happy is doing God's will, especially in following his law. Why? Because there's a law that's written in our very nature. As St. Augustine wrote in the Confessions, there's that beautiful, famous line, God has made us for himself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in him. Now, we often hear people tell us not to impose our beliefs or impose our faith on them, right? But the truth is, we don't impose anything on anyone. (laughs) What we do is propose. We propose a way of life that will make them happy, that will satisfy their deepest longings beyond their wildest imaginations. This way of life, this way to happiness, is written in their very soul. God himself has made us to seek him right? It's written in our nature. Sin doesn't make us happy, right? The Catechism even says this in point uh, 1849. When we sin, it wounds our nature because it takes us away from what we should be. It diminishes us. It saddens us. Now, it's not uncommon that we priests hear confessions of people who've been away from the church for a long time. And oftentimes they say, like, well, we ask them, like, why, why today? Why today after 40 years? And it's like, well, I came because I wanted peace. I wanted to be happy. Sin never makes us happy. And that's why admonishing the sinner is a work of mercy, our third point. So in a passage, a homily on this patch of the gospel, the great St. Augustine explains this this way. He says, if someone has done you injury and you have suffered, what should be done? You have heard the answer already in this scripture. If your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And Augustine says, If you fail to do so, you are worse than he is. He has done someone harm, and by doing harm he has stricken himself with a grievous wound. Will you then completely disregard your brother's wound? Will you simply watch him stumble and fall down? Will you disregard his predicament? If so, you are worse in your silence than he in his abuse. Therefore, when anyone sins against us, Let us take great care, but not merely for ourselves. For it is a glorious thing to forget injuries. Just set aside your own injury, but do not neglect your brother's wound. Interesting. Even that harshest punishment, when Jesus says, if he refuses refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. 
Even that harsh punishment is done out of love. Why? To show the person how radically they've separated themselves from God. And how radically separated from God they'll be for all eternity if they don't change their lives. It is an act of mercy to tell people the truth about sin. It's an act of mercy to tell them what makes for true happiness. When we present the truth to them in this way, and again, not in anger or not in pride, sometimes people present the right message and they present it in the wrong way, right? This happens quite a bit, right? The message might be true, right? Utterly true, completely true, based on human nature. But if the messenger presents in a, in a way that's very vindictive or angry, it doesn't do any good, right? And again, this is about serious things, not like little things, like little inconveniences that might annoy us, or little venial sins, right? Things that aren't as serious. But when we really pre- present the truth to them about serious things in all love and mercy, that's when we're being truly merciful and helping to lead their souls to heaven. So today we can ask ourselves about how we deal with the people around us. Do we stand up for the dignity of the human person, especially in the face of sin? Do we preach the truth with love and mercy? Do we try to lead souls to God? If they, even if they won't listen to us or change, we still have one tool at our disposal, right? Which Christ incidentally puts at the end of the today's gospel. He says, Amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. That's a prayer that God always receives and always listens to, right? Why? Because it's what he wants. He wants all men to be saved. So today, let's ask through the intercession of Mary, refuge of sinners, for the grace of the conversion of sinners, those sinners in our lives, and those sinners who have no one else to pray for them. And we also pray for ourselves that we might have the courage to preach the truth with love.